Welcome to the Blueville Podcast. Andrew Rosebaum back again today with Derek. Today we're going to have a quick discussion on landscape mulch versus using rock in your landscaping. Um, Derek, if you want to start us out here with some of the pros and cons of each. Yeah, this really comes up in multiple stages of any project. So from the beginning, you have to make an initial decision whether you want to go with mulch in the beds like a color, colored hardwood mulch or, or an undyed mulch. There's a whole bunch of different variations. Or maybe a decorative landscape gravel. So that's kind of an initial decision you have to take into consideration. But if you have an, uh, an existing bed, then what is involved with the upkeep of that bed? So do we want to keep, continue to top dress the mulch to keep it in tip-top shape? Are we tired of the rock? Do we want to convert it to a mulch bed or vice versa? So there's a lot of things that can come into play here. And so we'll talk about different like pros and cons of each so that we can have an informed decision on our part or or that you know as the landscape service we can help advise you to make that decision because ultimately I guess from my standpoint as a designer I'm going to have some input on that if it's a new project any time really if even if it's a renovation I'm going to have my opinion of what you should go with but ultimately, I, I got to say, there's probably not a right or wrong answer. We use a lot of both. A lot of times comes down to personal preference and how you can envision yourself maintaining both of these options because neither one is a complete no maintenance. One right. perhaps is a little bit lower maintenance. So we'll talk about that and some of the costs involved with those. So like from just from an initial standpoint, the conversation is mulch versus rock. So a mulch, when we're throwing that generic term out there, we're talking like a ground-up hardwood mulch, whether it's dyed or undyed. It could also refer to like a pine bark mulch. We get that in bags. It's not a local product, so we bring it in. Um, cypress mulch is also very common. It's a little bit lighter in color. So all of those in a generic term we're going to call mulch. And then a decorative rock, we have multiple versions of that as well. Some of them are locally sourced from, like, the Kansas River. It's a byproduct of when they pull sand out of the river for concrete. Then the larger aggregates get sorted out. They're somewhat decorative, and so we like to use those in our landscape beds, and there's different sizes of that. And then we also source some from Colorado as an egg rock and some from up north, even, like, Mexican beach pebbles. <laughs> it's all, all different yeah. varieties. So those we're going to throw into that generic term as rock. So the mulch versus rock discussion this morning. I guess let's start out with, I, th I think one of the first things that we talk about is maintenance. Because when I meet with clients, they say, well, we want maybe a low maintenance landscape. And I think they gravitate towards the rock. And you can chime in and correct me if, if your take is different, Andrew, because you are on the maintenance side of things. So no. that's what I get from a customer. We want lower maintenance, so we want rock in our beds. Yeah, so there the question is, when you're talking about maintenance, what do you actually mean? Do you mean going out and having a weed-free landscape, which is impossible? Mm -hmm. Or do you mean, do I need to go out every year, and what do I need to do to upkeep the actual ground cover? With mulch, you'll have to go out at least every other year, most likely every year, to replace mulch that has faded, decomposed, or washed away. The sun with those dyed mulches can fade them, especially especially the brown ones I've noticed or the red ones. We don't do much with the red right now, but I have noticed that 
within a couple of months even, the sun can really bleach those dyes away. So you will have to kind of think of how fresh do I want my mulch to look. If you want it to have a nice fresh layer every year, you're going to have to probably go out and top dress just with a thin layer to upkeep that color. The other thing is as it decomposes or washes away to maintain a, an adequate depth. Depth is, for both mulch and rock, the primary way that it keeps weeds from growing in your landscape. So as long as you've got that three inch depth, and that will really help with keeping weeds out of your landscape. Again, that's not to say weed free, but to keep them from germinating. It's really hard for anything to come up through that depth. Yeah, you think about the process a seed has to go through to become a plant. That seed has some energy stores in it, and it has to germinate. And then with the energy it has left before it gets a root system developed, it has to push all the way up through that mulch. And so the further it has to push on that little energy reserve, the more it's going to deplete it and probably spend it and kill it before it can actually get established. And so that's my take on how weeds are trying to get established. So that thick layer really aids in that. It just makes it really hard for that seed to have enough energy to get established before it gets all the way to sunlight and can produce its own. Yeah, so for weed suppression, the maintenance is about going to be the same. Make sure you've got that depth. With rock, you don't have the issue of it decomposing or washing away. So you alluded to with a mulch bed now, we're going to have to add to that from year to year. So then now we're playing into a cost standpoint. Now, if you just look at a, a price quote, you look at our price book, you can look online at our different prices and that sort of thing. You'll notice that the wood mulches, the organic mulches, are cheaper than a aggregate rock, so decorative gravel. And so initially, we're using the same volume, basically, because we're shooting for that same depth on each yes. one. So let's just start with a blank slate. So we're going to use the same volume. So initially, that cost is going to be less with a mulch. But if you start adding that up from year to year then you're going to see that in a period of a few years, that mulch cost is going to catch up to and then exceed over time your rock or your decorative gravel cost. So that's something else to consider. Not only the cost of the materials, but you're also spending either your time or if you're hiring it done, you're spending labor on top of the material cost. And from an aesthetic point of view, you're going to want to probably top dress the entire uh, square footage of beds across the property because it, with the fading that Andrew talked about with the sun, you're going to really notice it if you put a fresh little bit on a corner of the house and then you don't do the rest of it. Well, that's going to really show up. So you're going to do a little top dressing across the entire thing, and it's just enough to get that color back. Um, you know, I remember learning that process, and it's, it's just a very thin layer that's adequate. And if you step back, then you'll notice, yep, I got the color restored, and it's good all across the entire bed. So we can, and we can help you figure up, you know, volumes if you're picking up materials or if you're needing it delivered. Um, obviously, if we're installing it for you, we'll have plenty on on hand when we're doing that process. But just understand that even though it's cheaper in the beginning, mulch will eventually catch up and probably exceed that cost of the decorative gravel in the long run. Now, I'm not making an argument to do the decorative gravel. Again, it's almost more of a personal preference and the look you're going for and your decision whether you're going to spend the time or pay for that top dressing to occur down the road. I will toss in that if there's a tiebreaker, my vote's going to go toward the wood mulch simply for the fact that I believe 
in the interest of the plant health. So the plants that are living in those beds, I feel like the wood mulch gives it an advantage because it's mimicking more what you would find in nature where you have that organic material. You think of, uh, let's just say, like our shrubs and trees, let's, they coexist more or less together in a forest setting for the most part. Some are more on the edge with more, but anyway, they all in nature are going to drop their leaves. Those leaves are going to be eaten up by microbes and decompose, be added to the soil, and then taken back up in nutrients and so forth. Well, that's what we're mimicking with the wood mulch. We're trying to restore that organic matter to the soil. It's also uh, shading and cooling off the root zone. So we're kind of trying to mimic that natural setting. So my tiebreaker vote often goes towards the mulch. But that being said, we're also using a lot of plants these days that are more adapted to like an arid environment because we can't always count on moisture. We know we have high heat stress throughout the summertime. So you'll see a lot of ornamental grasses. You'll see a lot of flowering perennials that enjoy the sun and the heat, even some flowering shrubs that do quite well in hot exposures. And so those lend themselves toward those rock beds where they can take the reflective heat um, and the absorb uh, the absorption of heat from the sun and, and do quite well. They don't necessarily count on that organic matter because in their natural environments, they may not have quite the accelerated cycle like a uh, in a in a forested setting would be for your trees and shrubs. So you can get by with that. I mean, uh, you can make an argument either way, and it's not wrong to kind of mix both of them if you have a reason to. Sometimes we'll use rock beds. You know, Andrew talked about uh, maybe some of the mulch washing away. Well, sometimes we throw in a rock bed in the midst of a mulch bed uh, to accommodate that so that when there's events of high water flow through the yard, which we sometimes get on those goalie washer, you know, thunderstorms, then that's concentrated to a rock bed where we don't lose the mulch and then the rest of it can be mulched. So you can kind of mix that and, and there might be a little bit of a design challenge there, but, you know, with some thought you can probably navigate that. But that's kind of my my take on trying to decide one versus the other when the cost becomes involved. Yeah, and if you have an area that you want to put some annuals in, you just do the opposite. If you've got a complete landscape of rock beds, but you're like, hey, up here by the front door, I want it to be able to change with the seasons, maybe cut out an area that you'll just put to mulch. That's a great point because you'll notice that working in a gravel bed, a decorative gravel bed, it's really hard to interchange plant material. So if you're going to be working in that very frequently at all, even yearly, like you alluded to with annuals or bulbs or something like that, yeah. you probably want to have that in a mulch bed. Yeah, and I do that all the time. At my house, I've got probably 90% rock beds. One area, I've got some tulips. I just went ahead and put mulch over that. Yep. And to kind of backtrack just a little bit, I'd like to kind of explain why there's such a price discrepancy between the mulch and the rock. Um, Derek explained that a lot of times the, the hardwood mulch we get locally, so we're not paying freight on that. So just getting the material in is a lot cheaper, so we don't need to cover costs in that way. Rock, on the other hand, like he said, we could be getting that all the way from Colorado. So the freight on that is why that rock tends to be so much more expensive than the mulch. And there's just a lot more involved with it because they have to, like a let's just say our hardwood mulch, uh, we say locally it's probably out of Missouri, which is local, you know, getting shredded up part of a, a probably a timber uh, forestry process where they're logging most of everything and then the mulch is a byproduct. They're just shoving that all together, shredding it up. It's lighter, so you get more volume on a truck. If we're hauling in a gravel, um, it's less per truckload, so you 
got increased freight there. And then also when they're sorting it, whether it's locally here or whether it's at Colorado Rock, it's going through a couple different mechanized processes to sift all the other stuff out of it sure. and get, me, get us a good, clean product. So there's just more processes involved from the get-go. Yeah, and to get it from that inch and a quarter to inch and a half to two-inch sizes, there's a lot of, yeah, sifting and organizing that needs to happen with that. And when you install a rock bed, there's other things that you'll need to put down. The edging of beds with rock, it really needs to be a steel edging or some sort of artificial edge. A cut edge, you can get away with mulch, but not with rock. You really need to have something hard and defined that will stay where you put it. And then you also need to put down a landscape mat or landscape fabric under that rock. Now, it's not. We've gone gone away from the term weed mat because that term is misleading. It is not to prevent weeds from germinating and growing up in your landscape beds. It's to prevent your rock from sinking down into the soil and essentially disappearing. Right. And I prefer, so when you're in that edging conversation, there's a whole bunch of different styles and types and materials to use. Our standard go-to here on either mulch or rock beds, it's just kind of standard practice anymore for us to suggest a steel edging. So that's a strip of steel. It's about four inches tall. Ours comes in 20-foot strips. It can it conforms better to curved lines. You can get eh, straight-ish lines out of yeah. it if you, if you really work at it. But you, it makes nice natural curved lines. But it retains the mulch or the gravel, and specifically you need it in the gravel bed, from getting kicked out uh, if you're going around it with a trimmer, um, with your mowers, it keeps it from migrating out into the yard. And especially when you're mowing your yard, those aggregates can be a projectile so that you really want to make, make sure it stays in there, but also you're paying for it. So you want to make sure it's staying in its proper place. And in effect, it's going to retain that three-inch uh, barrier of gravel or mulch inside of the bed. Like I said, we prefer the steel. We can also use like a paver or a stone. We use a lot of a cut stone for edging as well if you want that look. We stay away from most of the plastic type edgings simply because over time they get kind of beat up. The sun can actually degrade them to a certain degree even though some of them are meant to be UV protected. They just don't perform as well. They don't hold up to the pressures of the landscape um, that a steel edging or a stone edging would. So Try to find a product that is going to be really nice and solid. And then some of them really don't accommodate the full depth that we're looking for. If you look at a, a roll of plastic edging, for example, by the time you get that installed, you're really pushing you know, an inch and a half to maybe two inches of mulch that it's actually going to retain. And that's really not going to do the trick to suppress weeds like we want it to. So just be aware of that. The other thing is the fabric that you're putting underneath the gravel, the landscape mat. There's different ratings on that as well. A lot of times you'll look at a package. Uh, if you buy, you, it comes in you know three, four-foot wide rolls kind of at a retail location um, by 50-foot or whatever, 25-foot, and it'll have a rating on there, let's say 15 years, 20 years, something like that. Well, the higher year rating, basically that's what we expect it to hold up to over the period of time. Many of those heavier ones, like a 20-plus, will last quite a bit longer than that. So you want to lean towards the heavier-duty landscape fabrics. Like ours is a standard, uh, I think it's a 4-ounce felt, and 
it's a 20 plus year rating. Now we've been to jobs. It's crazy how time flies. You'll go back to a job, be like, oh yeah, we installed this oh, 25 years ago. And that fabric is still as sturdy as it ever was underneath there. So really don't skimp on the underlayment underneath that gravel because it can, if you get a cheap one, uh, if you should simply put your gravel down and walk across it, some of those sharp pieces of gravel can cut down into it and then you lose the integrity of that fabric where a heavier one will withstand all those pressures. And they're meant to let water through. So you really don't have to worry about it shedding water away from the plant material. They're meant to soak that in. So just be aware of those little points. Yeah. And we've really been focusing on a fresh install from, you know, square one. If you have a landscape that you have mulch or you have rock and you want to go the other direction, if you have rock and you want to go to mulch, you really need to go in, take all that rock out, remove the landscape mat, and then start with a fresh bed that way. If you have mulch and you want to go to rock, you can get by, you know, every situation's a little different, but a lot of times you can get by just by cutting a fresh edge, installing your landscape mat over that old existing mulch, and putting rock on over top of that. Yeah, because remember, your wood mulch is just an organic material. It's going to break down in the soil, so there's no harm in kind of incorporating that back into the soil and covering it back up because it's just going to continue to be broken down and adding to the soil. So that's really not wrong. Like Andrew said, go around the edge on where the bed meets the lawn, clean that up so you have a nice even depth of gravel again, and then also look up towards your foundation. You do want a little bit of an air gap I'd say at minimum an inch between your siding and the top of your gravel. So that would put us at a minimum of four inches between the bottom of your siding and the top of your soil or mulch if you're going over top of your mulch. So just be aware of that. You really don't want to pile gravel or anything up onto your siding because that can harbor insects and moisture and stuff that's really not good for your house. So just kind of check those few points and and then go from there. If you have any questions, both mine and Derek's emails are on our website, uh, bluevillenursery.com, and, uh, or give us a call out here at the nursery, and we can uh, kind of assess each individual property as needed. Um, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you again in the future. Mm-hmm.